0: osiris previously
1: on sugar maple
2: they killed it
1: this is the story of a very peculiar guitar and its many owners
2: bobby lindro first came to live next door in 1947
3: the fretboard's busted it can't be fixed anything can be replaced
2: What
0: the
4: hell was that?
0: Uh, I sort of heard it in the guitar.
2: I guess looking back now,
5: I can see how it was the start of his troubles.
4: The dreams, they're always about
5: leaving. Bobby, you're going to blame the guitar? The train was gathering speed and...
1: My name is Terrence Woodridge.
5: Bobby took the guitar off his back and set it gently into the car.
1: My father was Sweet Licks Bobby Lindrow.
5: But then he slowed and stopped and watched the train go off.
1: Sugar Maple's still out there. I've got to find it.
0: Sugar Maple. A musical fiction podcast from Osiris Media. One guitar, one mystery, one story told in eight episodes. Episode Two Lewis. Hambone
1: Butler Terrence Woodridge, august eighth, nineteen ninety five. Lindridge recording studio, Sugar Maple Episode two Take Seven. Remember me? I'm the guy learning to play this regular guitar while telling you the story of a very unregular guitar. A butterscotch telecaster named Sugar Maple. You might say Sugar Maple's passed too many hands over the years, but you wouldn't exactly be right. I've learned Sugar Maple draws people into its orbit. People who fall into its story. For example, me. I've fallen into its story. I'll explain. I record people. No, not in a creepy way. They know I'm recording them. You heard my earliest recordings last week. I was 17. And as my mom told me for the first time about my dad, I realized you can make stories out of nothing more than voices. Just people talking. The stories are there. You just have to find them. It's been my mission ever since so that's me I'm a storyteller but until Sugar Maple drew me in I wasn't sure I had a story to tell it started three years ago 1992 I was living in a New Orleans walk up in possession of a languishing communications degree a job as a bartender a desire to tell audio stories and nothing to say I recorded almost everything in those days, chasing threads, searching for stories. I filled tapes. I filled closets with tapes. It was a sickness. It, It really sucked. There's a gravity to failure that's sort of like entropy. When you're 33 without much to show for it, the thought of being 43 without much to show is scarier than any apocalypse. I'd been interviewing musicians for my dad's Rolodex, more on that later, but wasn't sure what the project was. These musicians kept telling me stories about this legendary guitar Sugar Maple. It was a thread. I followed it and fell into my story when I talked to a man who had actually seen Sugar Maple. A man named Dr. Sam Butler. So, a bit of time travel. You'll still be hearing my voice, but from now on, it's a me from earlier times. It's a me from New Orleans. You'll also hear this weird busker wearing devil makeup who'd made the curb outside my window their permanent territory. So, sorry about that. This is a me who'd just heard things that pulled me into Sugar Maple's orbit for good. So, 1992 Terrence, take it away. Terrence Woodridge, March 1st, 1992, New Orleans, St. Clair Apartments, Devil Busker, still outside. Holy shit. Holy shit! Oh, wow. Okay, uh, I just got back. I know what Sugar Maple is. I mean, it's it's not just a guitar. It, it came from, oh, holy shit. Oh, my God. Okay, um, I have to find the old interviews with my mom. This, this changes everything. Wow, I was dramatic in 1992. This is the tale of Sugar Maple. Stick around. <laughs> Terence Woodridge, March 1st, 1992, Memphis State University. And then you can you can introduce yourself.
6: My name is Dr. Samuel Butler. Professor of History here at Memphis State. My students call me Professor Butler. My friends all call me Flip. You can call me Professor Butler. (laughs) My brother, he was always the best of us at guitar. But everybody knew him for Hambone. You know Hambone. You smack your knees and your shoulders, wherever. And it makes a sound like music. Anyway, it was the hambone people knew Louis for. So before long, hambone butlers—what but they called him—he didn't seem to mind. Hambone makes people laugh, and people like to laugh. And Louis liked people. He had an easy way. Took life as it came, and what he made of it was usually pretty good. Louis took care of people too. He had an apple for the mailman, a smile for the kids passing by. He took care of me after our parents passed. 10 years older than me, sort of half my big brother and half my dad. He got me a job with him, working as a porter on the Memphis line of the ultra-lux Chicago Comet back in the days when interstate travel still sold itself as a glamorous thing. No way, man, come on. Flip, I'm telling you. We just endured 30 minutes of shouting from our boss, who was the kind of man who liked yelling at people when he had people he knew for sure, couldn't yell back. I was his target. But Louis sort of put himself in the way and took most of it. That was Louie. <laughs> Since he shared the heat on the way home, I shared my, uh, shall we say, favorite brand of cigarette. <laughs> and we started talking about important matters.
7: Man, you need to read more. <laughs> Dolphins can solve complex problems communicate with people ah but bears can steal picnic baskets <laughs> <laughs> of course he is smarter than the average hey hey shh shh what is that what that sound it's coming from this box car over here do you hear it
6: get back shh. here we don't need to be looking into any boxcars. Louie? Louie? God damn it. Yeah, I was scared. Even now, I wouldn't recommend any black man be seen poking around in a boxcar in these United States. But this was 1958 in Memphis. It's closer. Hear it?
4: Louie,
6: I don't hear anything. What the hell are you doing?
7: Will you look
6: at Back. I forgot my worry the car was empty except for what Louis pulled out of it somehow it still glowed in the dim a butterscotch solid body telecaster a single inlay of wood that looked like liquid gold across the neck and another pointing like a finger or a branch at the pickups this guitar, man, it's,
7: it's, it's singing to me. Flip. oh, man, listen to it. Woo! <laughs> Can you hear it sing?
1: Whatever, man, let's just move.
6: Boy, you're going to get a historian going. I'll try to stay out of lecture mode. Orange Mound was 5,000 acres of former plantation. Converted to row houses and sold to black folk around the turn of the century. Maybe to somebody outside, it wasn't much to look at. But it was home in Haven. A place that really belonged to us because we owned it. You could feel the pride of Orange Mound. Louie and Will, that's his better half. Amina. they lived up there and they were a team five years on and they still acted like newlyweds and they kept the wedding party going. The Butler house was known up and down the row and beyond as a gathering spot. Everybody brought something, good food, good drink and the music unstoppable. It was a
5: time. If you were a flower or if you were a tree, you would stand a chance to get a glance from me. One night you walked me to the center of town. I remember hoping I'd see you.
6: Friday's were a tradition Got so people wouldn't even wait for the butlers to start They just show
5: You're mine, but man it took you
3: a hot one
8: who's up next
3: you know who
7: <laughs> look who's here
8: mm-hmm look who's late Louie did this child hold you up again
7: child point of fact it was my own fault I'm grown as a grizzly
8: your fault
7: took a detour to pick up something along the way well don't keep us
3: in suspense ham bone show us it a- my.
8: Oh, Louis, that is beautiful.
6: Oh, look at the woodwork. Forrest Sharp. He claimed to be a Cajun from the backwaters of the Louisiana Delta. Most knew he was just a slummy Memphis white boy from the right side of the tracks. Forrest had chops enough to get himself on stages in blues clubs and gigged around, so he was well known. Four showed up one day at Butler Friday's wearing a shiny suit and a feather-snap brim with a couple of handles of store-bought brown liquor, his guitar, and a couple of gill dams. But he was friendly and handy on guitar, so most folks figured fine. And if he turned up next week at the clubs playing something he heard on Butler Friday's, people raised their eyebrows but didn't say much.
8: Well, that is a good excuse. <laughs> You're lucky.
7: Not half as lucky as my girl makes me feel.
3: (laughs) Get off of me. (laughs) Yeah, it seemed to me, Hambone, that you could go on pleasing your lady. Or you could plug in and see if that act sounds as sweet as it looks. Now you're talking.
6: You know how it is when the little hairs stand up on your arms Louis could have smoked them all on stage at the clubs if he had had the ambition but what came out of the guitar I hadn't heard him at that level before
8: Ah, oh, sounds even sweeter than it looks
3: Sweet as maple sugar Well dog, my cats if it's gonna be that kind of party let's play, yo back me up Back him.
8: Louie, go show that man what my man can do.
7: Here I come for us. <laughs> Get ready. Forrest can't keep up
5: with Louie. He's got the floorboard shaking. He said that guitar sings to him. <laughs> he sure is making it sing
3: up. Elbow. Let's switch Riggs next song. I want to try me some of that sweetness.
6: Louis paid for us no mind. He kept his eyes closed and buggyed, but Sharp had his eye on that guitar. As the night came to an end and guests started to depart, Sharp sidled up to Louie. Uh,
3: listen, Hambone, you name your price for that there guitar.
8: Mm-hmm. That guitar is not for sale, sir.
7: After tonight? Hmm. Might as well ask me to sell my arm.
3: Well, that is disappointing. But no hard feelings, friend. We're, we're still on for next Saturday. Sharp would
6: invite Louie on stage with him from time to time. He had a regular once-a-month gig at the Gaslight, where Will worked as a waitress, so she could even watch her man from the floor as she worked and from the wings on break. He'd set up a stool next to Tony Farina, Sharp's rhythm guitarist, it was always to do the handbone bone for a number, never to play. And it made the handbone bone nickname stick all the more. If you invite, inviting, I'm coming. I surely am inviting.
8: We'll be there.
6: And so the night swallowed sharp and we were alone at last in the wee hours. I made my way to the sofa pretty quickly. They probably thought I was passed out. Or at least they didn't make much effort to whisper as I drifted.
7: Playing it, well, it felt like I was out of time. I was playing the way I knew how to play, except I don't know how I knew how to play that way.
8: Does it matter, though? It's your guitar with you playing it.
7: You know what? When I played, I got mad.
8: Mad? You?
7: I don't know where it was coming from, but it just started to... Rush into me. Now, the kind of mad that makes you glad you feel it.
8: Well, then feel it. Louis. the way you play tonight, this could be our way out.
7: You won't leave.
8: Not the mound. The rest of it. Long days working for passengers and patrons who treat us like dirt. A stage. A light. That guitar. A crowd like we talked about.
7: That's a nice thought. It doesn't <laughs> need
8: to just be a thought. You're the most contented man I've ever seen. I love that, but I know you take it as it comes, but sometimes, to get what you deserve, you have to take it as you take it.
7: Nah, uh, Force just wants me to handle. I don't think he's gonna let me play.
8: Never mind let. We got a week to plan, and you're gonna tear a roof off of that place.
1: Terrence Woodbridge, March 2nd, 1992. Sugar Maple isn't just a story. It's, it's my story. I'll explain why in seven steps. Step one. The first interviews I ever did were with my mom about my dad. About my dad's guitar. I just dug them out of my archive. And no, wait, hold on. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Step two, this is a sad one. Five years ago, my mom died. It was a short, brutal illness. And I just, I, I don't want to talk about it. But there's something she said to me in our last conversation that's always stuck in my mind.
2: I'll see you again a long time from now. Mom, I, I don't believe in that stuff. Silly boy, not like that. Aunt Buggy's farm. You'll see. We'll have more time then.
1: Aunt Buggy's farm. That got me thinking about my dad. Really thinking about him. Some people grew up without dads and feel the lack. I didn't. Mom was always enough for me. But he was still out there. Sweet licks, Bobby Lindro. A successful session musician in LA. I I didn't care about him, but I, I realized he could probably get me access to session guys in LA, and I figured I'm looking for a story. I bet session guys in LA have stories. Step three, I called up Sweet Licks himself. And Bobby wasn't just willing to meet me, he was eager. He flew me out to LA and put me up in his house. It was awkward. I mean, we didn't know each other. And I could tell Bobby had guilt about what he'd done, which, fine. I mean, that helped me. I wanted his contacts. I interviewed him. It's the only recording I have of him. And it's all ramble, but he did say this. I tell you, Terry, you ask any musician, you never forget your first real instrument the first one that's made for a craftsman there's a certain magic in that it's hard to describe the feeling and i had one of the most well let's just say mine was more special than most and for more people than just me i didn't mention i knew a bit already about how he left that guitar on a train I assumed there'd be future interviews, and I wanted to spring it on later for dramatic effect. At that point, I had never even heard the name Sugar Maple. But imagine what hearing Dr. Butler's story yesterday did to me. After I've spent years hearing tales about the legend, it was like reading a book torn in half, and then by chance finding the other half in some random bookshelf in another country. The wood in the neck, the boxcar, it all fell together for me. Sugar Maple is my dad's guitar. Holy shit, I'm still buzzing. Sugar Maple is my story.
6: Wilhelmina I mean named Sugar Maple... She engraved the name into the body just below the bridge, a mark ensuring the name stuck far beyond a single gig at the gaslight, though the gig was certainly memorable. In Orange Mound, (laughs) old-timers still talk about it. The gaslight closed in 1962, and it was torn down only just last year. In retrospect, it's amazing it lasted as short a time as it did. But sometimes the brightest fires burned shortest. The gaslight certainly qualified. It was a momentary Bill Street gem. To appear on stage at the gaslight meant you were booked and booked meant management, which for Sharp was good enough and wide enough to have. By inviting him up, Sharp was giving Louie an audience he wouldn't ever have been able to get otherwise. I reckon sharp-felt Louie Odom.
8: Lord, this weather. Oh, hasn't kept people home, I see. Look at that crowd.
3: Look who's here. You ready to ham bone? Oh, he's ready. Don't you worry.
8: Ready as a raisin, prepared as a pecan, able as an almond.
3: Where do you want me? Where's that sweet sugar maple telly yours? Didn't think you'd be looking for me
7: to play much guitar tonight.
3: Well, no, but, ah, uh, never mind. We'll do like usual. We'll have a stool and a mic there for you next to Tony. Now, I'll wave you in for Slim Shuffle.
8: Well, I better go punch in. Look for me, Louie.
7: I'll be looking, baby.
8: Look for me,
1: too. I'll be up in the balcony, way up, high as a huckleberry.
6: I don't suppose I need to tell you why a black performer's brother needed to sit in the balcony back then. Good. That's where I was as Sharp took the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this wild and stormy night. Without further
3: ado, Forrest Sharp and his Sharp Dressers!
6: The Sharp Band came in strong and the crowd was with them. I was leaning on the balcony rail just waiting. I knew Louie and Will had a plan, but I didn't know what. So I was on the edge of my seat as the first number wound down and Slim Shuffle started. Shuffle was a song Sharp wrote the year before, piece of hand bone, and it and Louie were becoming crowd favorites.
3: Folks, put your hands together for oh the happy Hambone man himself, Cal Thank
7: you, folks. And away we go.
6: Hambone is both funny and impressive at the same time. You see arms, shuffling arms, swinging like windmills. And all this time, the beat is kept. It's musical, but it's sorta like the best kind of magic trick. Like any magic trick, it's all where you look. And I was the only one who knew to look for Will. I spotted her right before it happened back in the wings, holding a guitar with a wooden inlay in the neck and a single branch that reached from the back to the front. A wood that glowed. Louis, I see you, baby. She threw it in perfect sync. Louie didn't even have to adjust the swing of his arms. In the other hand, already reaching and unplugging Tony from his rig, and in a single swing, the two windmilling arms brought chord, to guitar, in a smooth motion of effortless hand bone. And man alive, I, I was not the only one in that room for God's to even
3: breathe. Folks, let's boogie. No, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, no, nah, just wait a minute.
6: It's a risk to steal a spotlight from a band leader, but Louie pulled it off. Soon the drummer picked up the beat and his basses hit the pocket, and even though I saw a flash of annoyance flit on Forrest's face, he had no choice but to let it happen. I often wonder what would have happened if Louis would have finished the number that night. But of course he didn't.
4: I'll sing a song. Make some new friends, then I'll turn.
6: Their tornado was a shock. The newspapers the next week said nobody even expected rain. It took a big chunk of the roof right off the top of the gaslight and then knocked out power up and down Bill Street as it spun away. There was chaos for a minute. There'd have been a stampede if the gaslight hadn't had backup generators.
3: Folks! Folks! Please remain calm. At this time, there appears to be
6: no immediate danger. People were already milling for the exits. I broke free of the main press and found Wilhelmina backstage.
8: Will, where's Louie? Right over there. Oh, You all right?
7: Yes, sure, safe as a sparrow.
8: It was going so perfectly. Flip, wasn't it going perfect? Pure electric boogie. Look, here's Louie. Did you see? Ooh, did you see
3: the
7: tree? Hambone!
3: You get over here! Something wrong? Now you listen here, Hambone. This is my band. I pay you to do one thing, which is to entertain my fans to a state of utter and total enthusiasm. <laughs> Look at your faces! <laughs> Hambone! Man, that was amazing. That was simply marvellous. Why, thank you. Now, this is hardly the moment, but I have been considering trying my hand at producing. Oh, my. Now, I think we should get that tune professionally recorded. What you call it? It doesn't have a... uh...
8: Lonesome Train.
3: Catchy. Perfect. All right, I must run, but hand bone call me man well hot
5: day. oh we did it this is it baby
6: tornado or no it was a fine night for Louie but he never smiled not from the time we left to the time we got back to the mound Will either didn't notice or didn't want to she did enough smiling for them both Another thing I couldn't help but notice, when Louie found that guitar, it had one branch reaching from the back body to the front. When he put it back in the case that night, my hand to God, there were two.
1: Step four. Bobby was really into my idea. Pulled out his Rolodex and started flagging names. He thought we could make it about the session musicians, the unsung heroes of rock. I went along. I confess, it occurred to me the family angle would probably help make it the sort of pitch a station might want to buy. And actually, selling any story would still be a new experience for me. Bobby suggested I move in with him so we could work on my project together. I figured, what the hell? I went back home, To pack my things and move out to L.A. Step five. A week later, when I returned to Bobby's house with all my possessions loaded into a tiny U-Haul trailer, I knocked on his door to no reply. Let myself in with my key and waited. And waited. I'm still waiting. Step six. Bobby disappeared.
6: Sharp did what he said. We had recording time at Sun Studios before the gaslight even had a new roof put on. Louis joined the session guy, Sharp, hired. He plugged in, and you could tell that this was a place Sugar Maple was going to sing that sweetness. Will couldn't get a smile off her face, but Louie was focused. I was just along for the ride.
4: Now I'll just relax and count
3: on these tracks and lead me to a whole new world oh, yeah Oof, excellent job, Louie Let's go again Ah, nah, I reckon I got you Hey, hey, let's take five and come back Think about what we want to do for a B-side
7: I want to go again, dammit
3: Jesus, Louie
7: That man ain't my boss
3: Hey, Louie, if you want to no, no, keep
8: No, 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 it's it's okay Come on, sweetie I think it's time for a break Damn, what got into you? He's been on edge all week. I ain't. You shouted at me yesterday for the first time ever.
7: I apologize. So, changing the subject, what you got for the B-side? I hadn't considered it. Maybe just do a standard. There's this tune I dreamed about. This huge tree fall.
1: Uh, well, you'll figure it out. Damn, forgot my cigarette. Hold that thought.
8: I think you should just do an instrument. Let that sweet sugar maple sing. As long as you show them your sound, we want them to hear the real you. Louie, get in here! Sharp's doing you dirty. He's switching bands, he's- Slow down, slow down, Flick! While you're smoking out front, he's sneaking his band in the back.
7: Come on, let's go see.
6: What's going on in here? It had been planned any evidence of louis session was gone all of forces band was setting up tony farina at least looks sheepish about it but most of the other fellas were smirking
3: oh Hambone! whatever are y'all doing here what is he
8: doing here what is your band doing here
3: oh we recording my song of course your song yeah lonesome train surely y'all remember i let you play it at the gas line you let me.
8: That's why he insisted on recording that son. Louis. they record on separate tracks here. He wanted your guitar on the tape.
7: And now he has it.
8: You're a snake, man. You've, you've been in our house. You've,
7: you've... Hey! Where's Sugar Maple?
8: Yeah, where'd it
3: go? It was right there. Where's my guitar? Louie, Wilhelmina, dear, I don't know what y'all are playing at. Now, my band and I, we just arrived, and then y'all appear unannounced, making wild accusations. Now, why ever would I know where your guitar is? Force?
8: It was all a setup.
3: Stealing your song and guitar. Where's my guitar? Oh, oh, the very valuable one that you mysteriously procured? Hmm. An obvious custom job. Can you prove that it's yours? Do you have a receipt? I'll kill you, man. We'll call the police. Uh, the police? I've already taken the liberty. I called five minutes ago. Report of trespassing and violence. Almost as if I had a premonition of this rude interruption. They'll find my guitar. They'll find it. Oh, uh, they might find a guitar. A real honey of a butterscotch telecaster. And maybe you'll say it's yours. And maybe I'll say it's mine. Now, who do you think they'll believe? Oh, it's probably them now. If I were you, I'd get the hell out of my studio. Ah! You knocked out my tooth! Knock out the rest of you if you
7: don't give me my- guitar. Get him! Hold
8: him down! Louis, run! Get out of here now! Let Louie go! Get your goddamn hands off! Louis. Get
7: off!
6: Get off me! Louis wasn't in the joint long, but when he got out, he was a changed man. He plays guitar every day, hours and hours to this day. He keeps improving, but he's never again sounded as good as when he played Sugar Maple. He's never taken to any stage again He says he'll only do that with Sugar Maple in his hands. He says she's coming back to him someday, and he knows on the day she does, he has to be as good already as she made him. He says once he's that good, Sugar Maple will return. From then on, Butler Fridays were as much a part of history as anything I study. Like I said, the brightest fires burn shortest. But I just remember that rage Louis said the guitar brought up in him. I don't know which fire was brighter, but I know which one burned the shortest. Louis was a joyful guy before. The joy still peaks out sometimes, but Louis holds that rage to this very day. Louis said when he played Sugar Maple, he had the scent it wanted to bring something into the world. My question is, what if what it wants to bring isn't joy? What if what it really wants to bring out Is the rage.
1: Lonesome Train is a well known blues by an otherwise forgotten musician. You can hear Louis Butler playing Sugar Maple on it, but you won't find him credited. Not for guitar, or song, or vocals. All three of those go to Forrest Sharp. And Sharp earned the vocal credit. It's him singing. That's Louis Butler's loss. Now here's mine. I've been abandoned by my father twice. (laughs) Can you believe it? Bobby can be declared legally dead next year, but obviously he's not. He clearly planned his escape. Here's what he gave me, his Rolodex, the one he marked up showing me the friends and colleagues we could interview for our project. And an envelope taped to the bottom of the Rolodex. Inside was an index card. On one side he wrote wait. On the other New Orleans. Step seven. I thought to myself, I don't know what this is, but god damn it, it's a story. And that's why I'm here. In New Orleans four years later. I've been waiting for my story. I thought I was waiting for Bobby, but I think I'm waiting for Sugar Maple.
4: Just left behind I didn't have much luck With the car talk girls And now I'll just relax And count on these tracks And lead me to a whole new world In every town When that whistle blows I'll plan a seed And hope that it grows I'll sing my songs And make some new friends then I'll jump back on with That lonesome train again It's always clear When I should go And it all depends on my new friends If I leap fast or slow And i pop a latch a pack, I heard. and I'll travel far in a steel box car, it'll take me to a whole new world. In every town, when that whistle blows, I'll plant a seed and hope that it works. I'll sing my songs and make some new friends, and I'll jump back.
0: Sugar Maple is presented by Osiris Media. Be sure to listen to the premiere of Lonesome Train on March 22nd wherever you listen to music. To check out the limited edition poster for this episode, visit SugarMapleArt.com. And for a limited NFT release of episode and series art, visit sugarmaplenft.com. If you like what you hear, please give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Sugar Maple Episode 2 stars Fred Savage as Terrence Woodridge, Jacob Ming Trent as Louis Hambone Butler, Howard Squires as Samuel Butler, Dion Barksdale Jr. as Flip, Ayo Akinsanya as Wilhelmina, Daniel Abraham Stevens as Forrest Sharp, Vince Phillip as Sweet Licks Bobby Lindro, Joe Walker as Rebecca Woodridge, and A.R. Moxon as the MC. Lonesome Train was written by Anthony Kreisen and Tom Marshall. It Took Me a While by Don Hart and Tom Marshall. Orange Mound Blues and Slim Shuffle by Anthony Kreisen. The executive producers of Sugar Maple are Tom Marshall and RJB. The show was produced, edited, sound designed, mixed, and mastered by Brad Stratton. Story by Ben Colmarie, A.R. Moxon, and Tom Marshall. Episode 2 written by A.R. Moxon and Ben Colmarie. Directed by James Massiovecchio. Musical direction by Don Hart. Assistant editor and producer Tom Sullivan. Production assistance by Zach Brogan and Christina Collins. Art by Mark Dowd. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Sugar Maple. And remember, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. See you next week
2: of service.